Do you wait for everything to be perfect and lined up straight before you make a choice? How hard are you trying to get everything in your life right? What if jumping in and getting messy is one of the ways to find out what works for you? Discover how being willing to mess up can create the phenomenal life you truly desire. Get ready to quit judging and start embracing all of your messy adventures. Now, here's your host, self-declared messy living expert, Katrina Fava. Hello, welcome to Messy Adventures in Living. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Katrina Fava, and um, we have a very cool show today, a very interesting show. It's called Fading Under the Reign of Depression. Um, so before we get started, I have a very special guest uh, on today, Anthony Mattis, who I will introduce in a couple of minutes. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about if this is the first time you're joining us and you're wondering what Messy Adventures in Living is, it's a, a radio show where we discuss all kinds of topics about life. And Messy Adventures in Living is a little bit of me poking a bit of fun at myself and how much I've made myself wrong for being messy most of my life. And so I've chosen to do this radio show about jumping into your life um, messily and without having all your ducks lined up in a row. So that's the kind of show we do here, uh, Messy Adventures in Living. Um, I am um, an access consciousness uh, bars and body process facilitator. And I also do a bunch of other cool things in my life. I like to dabble in a whole bunch of um, things. I am a registered nurse, and I work in pediatrics, so I like to work with kids. Um, I also do some, um, I teach infant massage classes, and I am also an author. I have published two books. One of them was called Creations, um, Conscious Fertility, um, Conception, Pregnancy, and Birth. And recently I have just released another one called Possibilities in Parenting. So I'm really excited about those two things. You can find me at www.patrinafava.com. So, fading under the reign of depression. Do you feel like you're fading as overwhelming despair engulfs you? Are you watching someone drown in depression? While the world is busy diagnosing, medicating, judging, projecting conclusions about victims of depression, a different possibility exists. What if you don't have to be a victim to a mental disorder? Is it possible that depression is not what we have decided it is. What if the ability to change it lies so far outside the box of limitation that we've created? Um, so thanks for joining me as I chat with Dr. Anthony Mattis today about real possibilities for happiness when it seems that the world is closing in on you. So um, Dr. Anthony Mattis is a holistic chiropractor certified life coach and access consciousness certified facilitator. He um, also practices access symphony energetic healing sessions. 
after experiencing, experiencing the tragic loss of his wife to suicide in 2011 due to bipolar disorder, his commitment to assisting those suffering from life's challenges took on a whole new limitless meaning. And it wasn't until he started using the tools of access consciousness that he started to witness his own life magically change in ways he always knew were possible but hadn't previously experienced. Dr. Mattis' mission is to assist people in living the life of their dreams, and he's excited to share with the world the dynamic tools he has acquired over the years that have changed not only his life, but so many others that he has been privileged to help. He currently lives in Bluffton, South Carolina, with his three children, and if you'd like to know more about him and his work, you can visit his website at www.choosingthebestlife.com. Welcome to Messy Adventures in Living, Anthony. Thank you, Petrina. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, so tell us, can you tell, so I just want to start off actually by saying the reason that I really wanted to explore this topic was um, <clears throat> in Canada, I don't know if this is really anywhere else, but in Canada over the last week or two, there's been a thing that, there's a, this thing that one of our like phone companies does called Bell Let's Talk, and it's um, just a way that they raise awareness around mental health and try and draw some attention to the fact that we've been keeping um, topics like depression and other issues of mental health kind of very secret and hidden, and it's their way of saying, hey, let's talk about this stuff. And so over the last couple of weeks, there's been a, a lot of um, talk or just, just really been in my awareness like on social media and a lot of discussion around um, depression. And, you know, over the last few years for me, when, uh, you know, using the tools of access, um, I've started to really come away from this idea that we are victims to things, um, to, you know, physical illness, to mental illness, to anything really and so when I was listening to some of the perspectives on men mental health, even in an effort to raise awareness, I found that there was a lot of, like, victim energy ar around this topic. Um, and so that's kind of why I thought, oh, I would really love to do a radio show on this. So thank you so much for joining me um, today, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. pleasure. My pleasure. Do you get that sense, like, do you want to start maybe by talking a little bit actually about what you know about this and um, talk a little bit about what's been going on in your life, yeah? Yeah, I mean, you know, my point of view when it comes to just health in general is that um, so much of, you know, I was brought up to believe like the doctors knew everything mm -hmm. and that they were like the gatekeepers of health. And unfortunately, at least in the United States, it's a very disease care focused um healthcare system. And and it's not a health true healthcare system in that where you spend time educating people on how to eat right, exercise right, and um you know, we hear about things like the power of the mind and all that stuff, but that's not something that you actually learn in school. So everything is all based on symptoms. And so a lot of times when people get sick, it's like, okay, I have this sickness, I have this illness, this is the symptom, and then you go to the doctor and then they give you medicine to fix it, but no one's ever really getting to the cause of the problem. So a lot of us do are raised in ways where, okay, well, this happened to us, okay, yeah. this mental illness or this sickness or I caught this cold. 
it's always like you're in the receiving mode of this particular ailment of some sort, and it really takes choice out of the whole uh the whole you know question of like wow, you know you do have what it takes to actually change it if you want to I would say ninety nine percent of the time and um so yeah i I hear what you're saying, and you know being with someone for ten years, you know my late wife who struggled with manic depression. You know, when I met her, I was on a journey of metaphysics and and how the mind affects the body. And this was long before I even knew about acts of consciousness. So when I met her, she was very interested in a lot of the things I was involved in because she knew in the in the, in the heart of her heart was that was that um, that whatever was going on with her was something deeper than just a chemical imbalance. You know, the mm-hmm. question that she had and the question that I have is what causes the chemical imbalance, right? Okay, it's what can the brain chemicals become imbalanced? Absolutely. But the question is why, right? So in this reality, we say, okay, well, if your chemicals are imbalanced, we're going to give you a pill to balance them. Not really having any way to um, measure, you know, how to actually accurately you know, bring back the chemicals back to whatever the, the proper balance is. And so that in and of itself, is, in my, from my point of view, is a lie because everybody is so uniquely different. We all function different. We have different motivations and different desires. And, you know, and as a result, we're, all our brain chemistry is going to be different from one person to another. And to say that this particular pill is going to be the answer to bring everything back to normal, to me is, you know, even if it works for a little while, eventually, if the situation never gets truly resolved at the root level, it will come back or they will have to actually increase your medication. So, you know, with the work that I was doing, it helped my wife drastically for a really long time, but then she would get sick again, so then we'd go off and try something different. So everything we did was to really seek and find answers to how can we get the root cause of the situation, and we literally tried everything under the sun. Unfortunately, or unfortunately, I didn't have, I wasn't aware of access consciousness. I wasn't aware of the tools at the time, and, and part of the reason why I, I'm doing access consciousness is because after her passing, I was literally on my knees, like, okay, God, we've done everything under the sun, at least that I knew of, to make this, to, to keep her balanced, and. You know, she was balanced. She was sane and stable for five and a half years, even with the work that we were doing. And she had the worst type of bipolar, which was bipolar one. And mm-hmm. they don't respond to medicine anyway. But she was sane and stable for five and a half years, and then the symptoms started creeping back in. And we got a lot of bad advice. And um, you know, and then things just got out of hand, and she decided that she didn't want to live that way anymore, and put the children and I through it. So she decided to put herself to sleep permanently, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And then about nine minutes later is when I found access consciousness, and I was like, whoa, this is definitely wow. different than anything that I've done. Wow. Yeah. Um, I For sure, the the work that's, that the, the tools that we play with in access are totally different. And, like, you talked a lot about um, trying to find answers, trying to get to the root cause and what I love about access is that um, we we don't really do that, right? Like we, we don't focus so much on 
getting the answer, we really look at, okay, what's going to change this? You know, yeah. doesn't doesn't who cares what the what the reason is? Let's just change it. Um, so. Yeah, that's what I, I loved think, about access because I spent yeah. you know probably 15 years of my life searching for the answer, searching for that that magic tool or that magic technique, and uh, that would you know that that magic study that would take me to uh, enlightenment or take my wife to enlightenment. Then they would be ease, joy, and glory for the rest of our lives, you know. Yeah. And unfortunately, it it didn't work. I mean, we had a guru from India. We practiced his methods for a while. We were certified in metaphysical studies. We did that for almost four years. Then we became non-denominational Christians and we spoke in tongues and we laid our hands on people. And, you know, we actually created a lot of miracles in people. And for whatever reason, you know, when when she got sick again, it was like, okay, it's not changing. And, And in that process, we got a lot of really bad advice from the people in our church. And there was places where she could have gotten help, and and she didn't, and then things just snowballed, and, and it became too late. And but yeah, with the tools of access consciousness, it's really about the question: what question can we ask here that will mm-hmm. create an awareness to uh, to change the situation? And that's what I love about it: that it's not only that, it's not only that you learn the verbal the verbal tools, but then there's the hands-on tools, which mm-hmm. to me are life game changers in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. And 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 like the bars, the hands-on, the body work, none of that is about looking for answers or looking at reasons. It's literally about just getting rid of the limitation and just taking it right out, pulling the rug out from underneath kind of thing. I found it really yeah. interesting. That, right? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, that and then receiving, too, because, you know, this mm-hmm. is not a society, again, that we're we're used to receiving. We're taught that it's better to give than to receive. So the mm-hmm. bars is really learning how to receive and allowing the healing to take place. And um, the, the bars themselves, if that's all people ever done, would could, could literally change the most difficult and challenging situations people are facing. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Um so for anyone, we are going to go to break soon, but since we're talking about access and bars, if anyone who's tuning in has never heard of this stuff before, um, it's really cool. Please check it out. It's really different and totally weird and completely awesome. You can find information at www.accessconsciousness.com, um, the bars. And um, so check it out, and we are going to go to break and then come back and talk more to Dr. Anthony Mattis about um, fading under the reins of depression and what we can do to change um, the perspective on this. And um, we'll talk more about how we can, um, you know, change this in others or change it in yourself. So you're listening to Messy Adventures in Living. Um, Please come back soon. Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't even think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert, Katrina Fava. 
every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 Central, 7 Mountain, and 6 Pacific on A2Zen.fm. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices? What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, in Canada 613-800-8736, in the U.K. 033-0001-0625, or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more messy adventures. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava, and I'm joined today by my guest, Dr. Anthony Mattis. Our topic for today is... Uh, fading under the reign of depression, and we're looking at a different possibility with depression and suicide um, or anything else that goes along with that. Um, before we went to break, we were talking about um, Anthony uh, and his wife who had uh, bipolar, and he was talking about being introduced to the tools of access. And so um, if you are not familiar with Access, you can check it out, accessconsciousness.com, which is a very interesting modality that can really change things in your life or that offers you tools that you can use to change your life very quickly. Um, So, Anthony, I wanted to look a little bit at um, how being in the question, so one one of the most foundational tools of Access is being in the question, asking questions rather than functioning from conclusion or drawing conclusions and using judgment, which is really what we learn very young in this reality. So um, so what would you like to say about asking questions about this topic? So for someone who maybe is um, feeling like they have depression or for people who have people in their lives that are are experiencing depression, what kinds of questions could they ask? Yeah, well, this? yeah. Well, the biggest purpose for, for, not that it's purpose, but the biggest reason why, you know, Gary Douglas, the creator and founder of Access Consciousness, talks about asking questions is because what it does is it actually activates the quantum entanglement of the universe, okay? And so, you know, even the Bible says you ask and you shall receive, but they don't really tell you why or how you receive just by asking. 
So the question actually activates the quantum entanglements, and they're the things that are responsible for actually bringing or assisting in the creation process of what it is that you're asking for. And it may not show up in the exact package that you're asking, but it will show up pretty darn close. And so so learning the art of asking the question is like one of the key tools in, in access consciousness. And so if you are in a state of where you're in a depression, you know, one of the key questions is, that, is to ask, how does it get any better than this? Now, I know it sounds really elementary, but if you keep asking it like 20, 30, 40, 50 times a day as those negative thoughts keep creeping in, um, eventually the universe will begin to show you, or God, whatever your point of view is, will begin to show you what else is possible. And, and, and your life becomes like a multiple choice of possibilities is what you're looking for. Because a lot of times when we're depressed, it's because we feel like a victim. We feel like there's no way out of the current situation, whether it's a bad relationship, whether it's a crappy job, or whether you just feel low if it's something that you've battled like for the last 10, 15, 20 years of your life. So asking the question, what else is possible? How does it get any better than this? The universe will begin to show you different possibilities. Yeah, those are really great questions. Um, they're some of the the, mo- the first ones that you learn um, when you start to explore access and, and the bars. Um, uh, you know, often, the, the yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you know, when I first did this, you know, when I first did access, because I had done so many modalities and I put so much of that stuff on credit cards and I, I experienced pretty much little to no results, you know, when I first did access, I had sort of like, a prove-it-to-me attitude. And so mm-hmm. hearing a couple of simple tools like the ones we just mentioned, it seems so ridiculous. But I was like, I was so desperate <laughs> that I was like, I have nothing to lose. And and one of the things that attracted me to the work was, you know, Dr. Dane here, the co-creator of Access, he was suicidal when he met Gary Douglas. Yeah. And, you know, now he's <laughs> the co-creator of Access Consciousness. You know, they've developed access to what it's become today, which I think is like in 173 countries now. And so um, and so that's what piqued my interest. I'm like, okay, well, if it's, it kept him from taking his life, there's got to be something to this. And, and, and all I know is even though I sort of had a bad attitude when I tried it, I had that prove-it-to-me attitude, like even when I had one foot in and one foot out, the tools are so powerful that things were actually showing up in my life more so than when I had both feet in the other modalities. Yeah, I think I can relate to that a little bit. Um, also, yeah. being a nurse, being a nurse, and having you know a medical background, and then I remember when I was I was first introduced to access um, shortly after having a miscarriage, and I remember when it was my brother that taught me these tools and he was like well why don't you ask what else is possible or how does it get better than this and I was like yeah okay so what else is possible well I could be pregnant well like I had that same kind of prove it to me attitude and I think um, for anyone who has any kind of medical background especially or or even not I've heard so many people say well how could it possibly be that easy like really what else is possible that's it like that's all you got (laughs) you know so And what if it really could be easy, you know, like we learn so much that everything is hard and especially around depression, like how much do we hear and how much is projected at people of how hard it is to change depression and how hard it is to get out of it, 
you know, what's, what's something really interesting today, I just happened to talk to my 11-year-old daughter. It's so funny. I mentioned that I was doing a radio show today, and she said, oh, what are you talking about? And I said, depression. And she said, oh, my God, we're learning about that in school. And so I said, cool, can you tell me what, 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 what you're learning about it? And she said, um, it's a form of a mental disease that um, you know affects you when you have stuff in the past that you can't, that and you can't get over it. And I was like, uh-huh. "Wow, is that is that oh what they God. told you?" Yeah. And she said, "Yeah, wow. that's that's what they told me." And and I was like, "Okay, what else?" And she said, "Oh, and it often leads to drug use and 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 uh, you know drug and alcohol abuse." And I was like, "Wow, wow. <laughs> that's cool." But they're they're yeah, uh, putting that putting that in your universe. Awesome. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, "By well, the way, everything you learn is an interesting point of view." <laughs> So right. yeah, well, that's a huge that's a huge lie, and that that actually mm-hmm. like, that infuriates me. That kind of information. No kidding. And I don't know what the statistics are in in Canada, but I know at one point, you know, three of the top selling drugs in in our country were antidepressants and anti anxiety medicine. So right. you know, to me, if if, if and, and they're increasing every year, so it's like, are you really? If it's increasing every year, are you truly getting to the root cause of the problem? You know, to me, the answer is yeah. no. So it's like no. they're putting more and more people, and now they're making, what, liquid Prozac for children. I mean, seriously? Wow. I mean, at 8 yeah. years old, 9 years old, 10 years old? And, um, you know, that's the that's the point. That's why I do this work, and not only for it to change my life and to help in my kids. I mean, when my wife passed, she left me with three children, and the kids were, at the time, 11, uh, 9, and 2 and a half years old. Mm-hmm. And... And the bars has actually changed their life as well and the tools mm-hmm. of access. And it's like really the one thing that got us through those times. And when they are down and when there aren't wonky things going on at school, my kids have the awareness now to say, hey, Dad, you know, can you run my bars? And mm-hmm. it's like, boom, whatever's going on in their world, it shifts and it changes right there on the spot. So to yeah. me, it's like, there's so many tools out there that are not part of mainstream society, and it infuriates me because the information that these kids are learning in school are only based on one point of view and based on a certain reality, which to me is, I'm not going to say it's all a lie, but it's not the whole truth. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly not a question, right? So it's it's a lot of it is just what we've what we've learned in the past and what we've bought, and we're just continuing to... To, we're just con- like re- almost recycling. I feel like the same information over and over again, and not asking questions to look for different possibilities. You know, which is, and I always find it funny because it's kind of the basis of science, right? Like question, and yet when we look to try and change things from a medical perspective, we don't really go into question too much. It's like, well, this is what's worked in the past, so let's just keep doing that. Um, right. Yeah, and it's also kind of what I love about Access, too, is that there's no blanket statement, you know. There's no, like, this applies to everyone. Um, so when we look at the tools of Access, a lot of it is about what's true for you um, and, you know, what may be true for one person or what may work for one person may not work for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um I'd like to look. I'd like to talk a little bit about kids, actually, since we're since we're um, on that topic. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, how you talk about your wife's um, depression and suicide with your children? For anyone that might be listening, that may be um, going through something similar, 
Um, well, yeah, yeah, how, yeah. I mean, you know, I told, you know, from the day that it happened, again, at the t- at that time, I guess the, the boys were, they were maybe 10 and 8, and then they were turning like 11 and 9. Anyway, I told them the truth. <laughs> and I basically, mm-hmm. you know, but I explained it in a way that they can understand. Uh, because what was interesting about, my wife's name was Jessica, Jessica's condition was that when once we met and we did we we were so committed to um, spiritual practices and metaphysics and all that stuff that you know for three and a half, the first three and a half years she was able to get off of her medicines and all that and she was fine and then she had an episode and then she took about a year to recover and then um, and then she went five and a half years staying stable so the kids never really saw the illness you see what I'm saying uh-huh. so it was like. Mm-hmm. That when she, they just remember her crying at, towards the end of her life, but that was it. So when she had her first episode, which was earlier in our marriage, the kids were only, uh, I think, one and a half and three. So even though some of that stuff may have gone in there subconsciously, um, they don't remember it cognitively. You know what I mean? So they right. literally came home from school, and it's like mommy's gone, mm-hmm. and they were like, "What?" And then so I said, "Okay, mommy had a condition called bipolar disorder." And I explained, and the way I just explained it in a way that that I thought they could understand, and I, and I would explain it like, you know, those Fourth of July sticks, those sparkler sticks, and I would explain like that's how the signals in the brain work. But mommy's signals were going so fast that she couldn't take it anymore, so she decided to take a bunch of medicine to go to sleep forever, permanently. Wow. And in in the day before she passed, she even said to me, she's like, you know, you and the kids don't deserve this. I didn't know, I didn't believe that it was going to come back. I thought I was healed. And, and you know, my argument was, hey, you know, so what if it came back? No big deal, you know. It's like, so if it takes you six months to recover, you know, just let's, you know, we need you. You know, the kids need their mom. And um, she just, she was, she was done, you know. But when when mm-hmm. I explained it to the kids, I'm like, from mommy's point of view, she thought that we would have a better life without her here, and which you know, and, you know, which wasn't the truth, you know, because I said to her, like, I will deal with one bad year for three and a half to five amazing years because when the illness wasn't there, she was, you know, it was unbelievable, and mm-hmm. so I didn't mind the episodes, you know, because we had the tools to at least get her through. Mm-hmm. Um, but for whatever reason, she lost hope in this particular instance. So as far as dealing with the children, I know I'm kind of going off on tangents here, but I'm trying to lay at least the foundation of everything that went on. But um, I told the kids the truth, and I just said, you know, Mommy's brain, like all the little lights inside her brain went out of control, and she wasn't able to deal with it anymore. So she she, mm-hmm. she went to buy And then I said, as you guys get older, you know, you got to have – Kids are going to ask you if you want to smoke pot, drink alcohol, and all that. And I explained to them, like, listen, you know, alcoholism runs in the family. Drug addiction runs in the families, you know. And those are the types of things you don't have to be subject to whatever your genetics say. However, if you give your genes the proper environment for them to express themselves, then you may find yourself in the same sort of situations. And so mm-hmm. that's what I said at the time before I learned about access. But what I've come to find out is genetics only play 10 to 30% of a role in determining anything. So 
so much of the medical models like, well, if mom and dad had it or, you know, your grandparents had it, then there's a strong possibility you're going to have it, which is not necessarily the truth. So if the children make different choices, this is how I explain to the children, if you guys make different choices, then that gene won't express itself, <laughs> is basically what I said. And Because I remember my wife said when she smoked pot for the very first time, she literally felt the chemistry in her brain, like she said it shifted and it never went back. Wow. And, and, and back in my day, I smoked plenty of pot. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. But, you know, I didn't have that genetic tendency. So I got lucky, you know what I mean? Because, you know, eventually doing that sort of thing wasn't working for me in my life, right? So, but for her, one time, and she said her brain never felt the same. And mental illness ran really, really, really strong on her side of the family, both on the mother and and father's side. So, again, it's about creating awareness for your children. Maybe I had the point of view of putting fear in there (laughs) a little bit, you know, like if you do this, this, and this, you know. But, you know, as a parent, sometimes you'll do whatever it takes to get them not to choose that, you know. Yeah, of course. And, I mean, and also who says that's wrong, right, because... You know, sometimes you you gotta. Who knows? If you, were you aware of what's required? Um, you know, to 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 make a change there. Um, but thank you for sharing that because I think it illustrates a good point um, about telling not only kids but people really what uh, what they need to hear in a way that's kind, but that's not. Um, like sometimes we feel like we have to be 150% honest with people. Uh, and But what, what you described is that you said it in a way that they could hear it. Um, so, you know, would it have been kind to go into the to details that they may not necessarily have needed to know? But, you know, did you give them the information that they required to hear in a way that they could hear Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. In my point of view, and I didn't realize that a lot of parents keep secrets from their children, and oh my goodness, I know my yeah. parents did with me, and and I resented that, and it actually created more anger. And so with the children, I'm like, you know, I want, if they're gonna hear it from anywhere, I want them to hear it from me because you know how, and I live in a small town, and people talk in small towns, and you know, uh, my point of view is like, God forbid they hear you know, from a kid in school, like, oh, my mom said that your mom took a bunch of pills and blah, blah, blah. You know what right. I mean? It was like I wanted them to know the facts and mm-hmm. and that if it did show up in school, they would at least know that those people are unaware with regards to mental illness and that mm-hmm. that at least the children, my children, had information and that it, it's not like they heard it somewhere else first but in a really derogatory kind of way. Yeah, and and also how aware are kids, right? Like, same, I know, too, like, my three kids are, I mean, they have major spidey sense, right? And they also have major bullshit sniffers. So, um, you know, how how much keeping it, how much of an unkindness is it to not acknowledge what they're aware of? Just a little while ago, um, just to give a quick example, my husband and I were having, like, a really heated conversation about something one night when the kids were upstairs sleeping, and the next morning, my son said to me, Mommy, what were you and Daddy fighting about? And I said, oh, we weren't really fighting. Like, you know, we were just talking about something. 
And, I mean, we kind of were sort of arguing, right? Like, we kind of were. And I caught myself and I was like, wow, actually, sorry, Matthew, you know what? We were actually arguing about something. And it's all these places where it's so easy to um, undermine their awareness or undermine their spidey sense, you know? I think I like to call it spidey sense. But, like, what a gift that is to be able to acknowledge what they know because they they would know they know when we're lying they they probably know when we're lying more than we know we're willing to admit to ourselves when we're lying right yeah yeah it's a it's it's quite a gift to be able to do that with your kids and and honor them for their awareness and give them information like you said okay so we're going to take oh yeah so then, no, go you know, ahead. Nine months, like the first bars class I went to, uh, literally, my daughter was two and a half years old, so I knew she would not be able to sit still, you know. But I, I basically said, okay, guys, you know, there's something that that daddy wants to learn here, and I think it's going to be something that's going to be really, really great for our family, and I think it's also something. And I just had this like this awareness. I can't prove it to anybody, but it was like I think this is something that also can be a tool for all of us later on in my life, your life, and all that, and, and change actually maybe things even at a DNA level. Now, I know I can't say that. Right. I don't know, but it was sort of an intuitive thing. And, and I'll tell you what, what actually kept me going back for more bars classes is I watched how it affected the boys immediately. And, and my one son, who's very, very, very hyper, it knocked him on his ass within 20 minutes. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> This is worth the price of admission just for that because it got him to calm down. And my other son, my older son, he kind of is just a chill kind of person anyway. He'd be sleeping and snoring within five minutes. So I'm like, you know what? If all it does is create ease and relaxation, well, that's worth right there everything, you know, because we live in a reality where everything's fight or flight. But so they were part of every access class that I had taken. And it was really the children that were encouraging me to keep going back for more because there was something, talk about spidey senses, they were aware of how much it would change the possibilities for our family. And my God, you know, now I'm personally traveling the world, personally working on Gary and Dane, um, utilizing the tools that they've created, and I'm doing private sessions on them. And that's not something that, I thought was in the cards or anything like that. I was just trying to learn this stuff to to get out of the, pre- the depression that I was in, but also to create a different possibility for the children with regards to mental illness and all that stuff. So, and God, did wow. they know that this stuff was going to change our lives for sure. Mm-hmm. And imagine all that starting with asking what else is possible. <laughs> Totally, and how does it get better right. than this? And trust me, exactly. I was in tears when I would ask those questions, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, please yeah. show me. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm we like, need to take a break. Yeah. I know. So you are listening to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava, and we are having a great conversation with Dr. Anthony Mattis about fading under the reign of depression. We will be right back after this break. Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? 
Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't even think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert, Katrina Fava, every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 Central, 7 Mountain, and 6 Pacific on A2Zen.fm. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices? What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, in Canada 613-800-8736, in the U.K. 033-0001-0625, or you can Skype us at a2zen.fm. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures. Welcome back. You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with myself, Petrina Fava, and my guest today is Dr. Anthony Mattis. We are talking about fading under the reign of depression <clears throat> so we've been looking over the last um, five minutes or so at depression and some of the points of view and perspectives of this reality and a different possibility with this and how we can create change with it by asking some questions that are really outside the box. Um, I wanted to take a look at something, Anthony, about depression. And we talk a lot in Access Consciousness about uh, awareness and uh, awareness is different than thinking. Um, and there's a tool in access that's called, or that goes, who does this belong to? Um, is this really mine? Or is it someone else's? And it's based on the idea that we're actually really so psychic and aware that we pick up on other people's thoughts, feelings, and emotion extremely easily. And we are never really taught this, and, and we really don't acknowledge this. And a big part of depression in, I guess in my awareness anyways, is that, you know, how much of this is such intensely heightened awareness? You know, in general, I think with these things that we call mental illnesses, how much of them are intensity of awarenesses that people just don't know how to handle it? Like you talked about the fireworks. Um, can you speak a little bit about that? Like now that you look at what was happening with your wife with these tools, what did you see in terms of that? 
Yeah, well, gosh, you know, knowing what I know now, I wish I would have known mm-hmm. it back then, but it was like, yeah, it seems like when she would get into those states, her awareness was literally off the charts. And right. and she, you can tell she was tapping into other people's thoughts and feelings and insecurities and all that, but she was actually funneling them through her own reality and buying them all as her own. And I'll never forget the one day we went to a park and we were holding hands. We had a brand new puppy and our daughter was two years old. And it was like great. everything was fine. And then literally out of the blue, she just took a big gasp for breath. She's like, <sighs> like that. I said, what's wrong? She goes, I don't know. I feel like my heart's going to jump out of my chest. And I said, well, like, what are you thinking about? Did you think about something bad? Or she's like, no. She's like, all I did was look at that couple about 50 feet away. And she's like, it was like something jumped off of them onto me. And now at the time, I didn't know what that meant. But now knowing what I know, it was like, what did she become aware of energetically with what was going on with that couple that actually put her in the state of fight or flight? And she was in such a state of fight or flight that her heart rate was over 100 beats a minute at rest, like sitting down. So she mm-hmm. went into what this reality would call a panic attack. Right. Now, having these, having the tools of access consciousness, we could say, okay, return to sender with consciousness attached, right? You don't want them to get stuck with it either, but you want to say consciousness attached because you want them to get the awareness that they need to have so they can create the change. But something dumped off of them onto her where she, and she soaked it up as a sponge, but she was buying it all as, her, as hers. And as her yes. symptoms got worse, then she started going into states of paranoia. And the stuff that was coming out of her mouth, none of it made sense. Because I'm like, wait a minute. Four months ago, you were this extremely confident person that, you know, it's like you've overcome all this stuff. You don't even, this, none of these issues are yours anymore. But I didn't, you know, I didn't know how to ask the questions at the time because I didn't have the tools. But it was amazing how psychic and how aware she was of other people's thoughts yeah. and feelings. But she was buying them as her own. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We, and yeah. I, yeah. And I think that's the key here is like with all of these, with physical illnesses as well, but also with mental illnesses, like how much do we just, we buy it. We're never taught this stuff, that it's possible that we're aware of other people's thoughts and also that our bodies are aware. Like what you described sounds so much of how much was her actual body so aware of someone else's bodies or someone else that then it was it was mimicking maybe what was going on or I mean who knows right um yeah, but it's it's, it's, it's such yeah. a valuable tool that who does this belong to is this even mine is huge yeah you know and all this stuff sounds so esoteric so like for like the listener who's like not into metaphysics or you know quantum physics or any of that stuff it's mm-hmm. like we believe that the radios in our car work right because we turn it on and <laughs> the music comes out right but yet you know, back in the olden days, there'd be a radio wave that would come from the radio station and somehow music would come out of our car. Now we have these serious radios. Now there's satellites in outer space that now right. bring us music, right? But yet, when it comes to our brain and tapping into other people's thoughts and feelings, not intentionally, of course, like we don't think of our brains as like the radio in your car picking up signals from other people. And, and it's, that's exactly how it works. So the thing is, like, 
we don't learn that stuff in everyday school. That's not like everyday science, you know. And and it's a shame because so many people find themselves in situations that they're calling medical, and it's not. Maybe they're just super psychic, and they're buying into everybody else's crap, but they're filtering it all through their life experiences, and then it shows up. They Then from their point of view, they think it's theirs. And mm-hmm. my goodness, it's like... <laughs> Just having that tool, who does it belong to, and being able to return to the center with consciousness attached is huge. And then sometimes it's the earth wanting a contribution from us. Yes. You know, and, and again, because everything is energy, including our thoughts and feelings, right? And so including everybody else's thoughts and feelings. And so, so, and so is the earth. So the earth is always gifting to us. What what if it wants a contribution back to us, energetically speaking? And so all those intensities, all those potencies, the anxieties, the paranoias, the depressions, what if you just looked at that as energy or a certain type of frequency? And what if you gift the energy of that back to the earth? Not the depression part, but just the energy part of it, because that's what maybe the earth may be lacking but right. it may be showing up in your reality as pain in your back or anxiety mm-hmm. or depression or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So Yes, and we're, so we're, we're labeling it, and that's right there I think is a key too, is like we're calling it something, right? Like we're labeling it depression, and it also has such a wrongness attached to it. Um, oh, we we, just, we, we decide it. that it's wrong. Yeah, so we've decided that it's wrong, and, but what if it's just an intensity of awareness and then you can gift, like you said, gift this energy to the earth? Um, somebody yeah. might say, well, why would you give the energy of depression to the earth? But that is really just a label. It's just a point of view that we have that this is something negative. I mean, intensity right. of awareness right. is intensity of awareness, right? Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. A lot of times, you know, the chiropractor, people have low back pain and neck pain. You know, when I start using these tools with them, and I'm like, is that a capacity of yours that you've been hiding or that you've been postponing and putting behind you? And or, or you know, I'll ask them, is it you or someone else's of the earth? And I'll just play with them. You're like, you know what, I'm getting the earth. I said, well, let's give it to the earth. And then all of a sudden they do that, and then the energy dissipates. It changes. Yes, and that so, shift, and it was one of the tools of access that I was so excited about in the beginning was like, what if you're not wrong? It was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> what? So, you know, yeah. for anyone who is who is going through this, like, what if this is actually a capacity? Wow, yeah. like, I mean, it's huge, but if you look at it, like, really, what if you have this enormous capacity um, with the earth or that you are so... Um, height, your awareness is so heightened and then if you stopped looking at it as wrong, could you change it? Could you use it to your advantage? Could you play with it? Like, it just, I mean, even I think, even right now just talking about it, like the lightness that, that it, it comes up when we talk about it like that is so palpable. Totally. Um, when you stop looking at it as a wrongness. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. biggest thing that Gary would say to me is like, what if all the places where you judge yourself as wrong or pathetic were actually all the things that were right about you. Yes. And I was like, holy shit, you know, like really? I'm like, oh my God, really? All those places where I judged myself were actually capacities and gifts and potencies and, and, you know, but 
again, you know, even the school system, I was one of those kids that were labeled as ADD, ADHD, and all that. But, we're, you know, we're talking about back in the, you know, the late 70s and early 80s. And, you know, they, they didn't have Ritalin at that time. That came, like, maybe the generation after me. Like, my younger brother is nine years younger. They put him on Ritalin, right? But, you know, Gary's like, that was a capacity you had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a hindrance, you know. I was a very active kid. And it was hard for me. But, like, this reality, you know, not all children can fit the system. And there's only mm-hmm. one system. And the system makes you sit in a chair for friggin' six hours, you know? You know, yeah. what if they let me learn while I was shooting baskets or throwing a football or something like that? I probably would attain information a lot better. So then you grow yeah. up feeling wrong because you couldn't fit into a system. And then all of a sudden you come to something like Access Consciousness and say, all the places you were made wrong were all the things that were actually right about you. You know, but I spent my life dealing with, like, low-grade chronic depression because I was always told I was less than right. my whole life, you know, yes. but that, and it was by the authorities, <laughs> by, exactly. you know, the school system, the teachers and the guidance counselors and all that. And yeah. I'm like, you know, and but what, what if, if I was... what if you're the like, authority, exactly, and what if you're the authority, and what if you know what's true for you more than anybody else, Right. right? So we are at the two-minute mark. I know, right? I could keep talking about this, too. It's crazy. Isn't it awesome? So uh maybe... Maybe you can come back to Messy Adventures in Living yeah. and we can keep talking. So um, we have two minutes left. Do you want to tell everyone about what you have going on in the world, um, what you got coming up, how they can reach you and that kind of thing? Yeah, well, you know, my website is uh, Mattis um, Health. Well, what is my website again? Mattis Chiropractic. <laughs> Just Google Anthony Mattis. Mattis. Uh, He's there. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Mattis, uh, uh, gosh, I don't even remember. We're drawing a blank. Anyway, I have uh, a wonderful telecall called Commit to Creating Your Life Through a Storm. And there's a two-part series. They're $25 each. Uh, we're giving away to the listeners for, for just $25. It's a two-for-one. So, And it's really where I'm talking about, um, you know, how do you continue to commit to your life even when you feel like everything is falling apart around you? or even where where maybe people that you love, like your spouse or your lover or whoever, where things may not be working out for them and you're caught up in their world. How do you, you know, commit to creating your life regardless? And um, so it's a wonderful telecall series, and we use the tools of access in there. Great. Oh, my God, that sounds wonderful. Um, Thank you so much. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. If if they go to uh, email Julia Sotas, J-U-L-I-A-S-O-T-A-S, at hotmail.com, just send her an email saying that you'd like the gift from the radio show, and uh, she'll be happy cool. to send you the link to purchase that. Awesome. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks for playing with us <laughs> on Messy Adventures in Living. Katrina Fava will return next Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. We'd love to have you join us again. Until.